Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Using pre-planned lines on dating apps to start conversation does not work generally for women because we have a sixth sense. We have like a sniff test. We can tell that those lines are maybe lines that you got from a YouTube pickup artist dude, or you even maybe came up with it on your own, but now you've used it for every single girl over and over and over. It's like that saying, Give a man a fish and he'll eat for a day or teach a man how to fish and he'll eat for a lifetime. Give a man a pre-written line and he'll date for a day. Teach him how to banter and he'll date for a lifetime. Or maybe not a lifetime because you'll find the one right away and then you'll stop dating and you'll just be married. But you know what I mean. I am Kristen from kristenandchill.com and I am the banter queen. I teach guys how to charm more than just the socks off of women. And if you're struggling in conversation, if you're getting ghosted, if you're never hearing back, if you're never ever getting the results that you deserve, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have a treat in store for you. We are going to dive into a topic that we've never covered before or never covered this deeply. We are going behind the curtains, I guess. That's like a sexual term, right? And we're going to talk about women and hormones and how that affects you, your dating life, your relationships, and all of your interactions with women. It was enlightening for me, and I know it will be enlightening for you. So keep listening. Hey, you guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ask Women podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Carney of kristenandchill.com, of course, with Marnie Kinris from thewinggirlmethod.com. You guys know us by now. Hopefully, if you don't, you got to get your brain checked because we've been doing this for quite some time. And today we have a beautiful lady on the show. So that means there's three beautiful ladies. That's I'm complimenting myself. We have Dr. Stephanie Estima, who is a women's health expert, who's going to talk to us about all the stuff you guys need to know about women. And I mean, this is obviously what we cover every show, but we don't always get to every single point. And I really feel like today it's going to be a really well-rounded. This is like the nitty gritty. This is the behind the closed door information about women, not about how we think, not about how we feel, not about what we want, but how we are controlled by these things called hormones and how that has an impact on you, which it's so funny because when my assistant showed me what Dr. Stephanie wanted to talk about, I was like, yes, we haven't covered this before. We've touched on it, but Kristen and I are not doctors and we're not scientists. And we've had other people come on and talk about what arousal. And I know, well, you will be soon, obviously, doctor of banter. But we haven't gotten this deep into, I don't want to gross people out because it's not gross at all, but women's cycles and hormones and how that affects your dating life, your relationship life, your sex life, whether you're single or in a relationship. So Dr. Stephanie, 
thank you so much for coming onto the show. And hopefully we will all be enlightened by this conversation. I'm pretty sure we will be. Oh yeah, I'm really, really excited. And I think that when we think about, whenever we talk to men about, we talk about, it's like, we're going to talk about periods. There's a lot of curiosity, I think. And I think that if you can approach this conversation with, there's a lot of women that I probably know or maybe want to date, this is going to help me better understand her ever-changing hormonal milieu, her hormonal landscape, and how that's different from a male's hormonal rhythm. You know, men typically have, I always call men, they're like the sun, right? They have this 24-hour cycle where they will go through their entire hormonal cascade. And women have a, we're like the moon, right? We go through a 28 or a 29 day for most of us who are still in our reproductive years, a 28 or 29 day cycle. And so we don't look the same every single day through the month. And I think that the more, not only, I think a lot of more women need to understand our own cycles. That's why I wrote the book. But I think that the men who love them, this is such empowering information because we can now all support each other when we understand that we are, you know, men are from the sun, women are from the moon. We're just a little bit different in terms of how we operate. And if you can learn to suss out the signs, whether it's in yourself or your partner, then you can be a better partner and you can foster a better connection both to yourself and to someone that you really care about. For sure. Ooh, so let's touch on the men at first because I want to hear about this sun cycle that they have. So what sure. happens to them throughout the day? Yeah, so when we talk about a male's reproductive, we're talking about his sex hormones, typically he will cycle through his testosterone rhythm in about 24 hours. So when he first wakes up, it's usually at its highest. And then as he progresses through... Morning sex, makes sense, okay. Morning sex, right? Morning Starting wood. the day off with a bang, right? In the most yeah. literal way. Or crude measurement. I always will say to my men, if you're waking up with an erection, that's a usually a good sign that there is sufficient testosterone, although the best thing to do is to test it. But highest in the morning. And then as the day goes on, kind of like the sun, you know, it reaches its peak midday. And then from there, we start to see the sun lowering in the sky. The same is true for the men. Men become more estrogenergic, if you will. They're more estrogen dominant by the end of the day. Really? Yeah. Makes sense why my boyfriend always puts on a dress. Mm-hmm. When we go to bed, <laughs> just totally lines up. It all connects now. Putting the essential oils <laughs> on. But that's actually, when we actually look at corporate culture, it's really designed after a male's rhythm. So, you know, gets up early, does the workout, gets into the office before anybody else does to punch out a lot of work. And then you have meetings around lunchtime and then you have client lunches and then the five to seven happy hour where maybe you're taking the client out or you're going for drinks with your buddies. Yeah, you're socializing, more chatty. Interesting. Yeah, you're more chatty. So this is very much, this corporate culture is really centered around this male testosterone rhythm. And women have a different and distinct testosterone rhythm as well. So yeah, so that's just a little insight for uh, for you guys that are listening as well. I love that. That is fascinating because like, it is crazy when you look at individuals or even group of individuals and you see all these things in common for certain clutterings of people. And you forget that, a lot of this can be due to their hormones or due to things that are going on in their body that they have absolutely no control over. I think that's where women fumble a lot and that's where men fumble a lot because they think that it's the person who's controlling it rather than internal hormones or whatever else is going on that is actually controlling those actions from happening. Totally. And I think for women, one of the reasons why I wrote the book was to demonstrate that we're not little men, that we actually don't operate on this 24-hour cycle. So trying to white knuckle it, like trying to just like punch it out when you really don't feel like it without any understanding of your own physiology 
is going to lead to really just deleterious. Like it's going to be a gong show. Feeling less than, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just for my own personal question. So guys, you can fast forward if you want to, but I think this will be interesting too. What would be an ideal day for a woman? Like if we were to have a workspace that was designed around us, what would the ideal workday look like to fit in with our cycle? It's a great question. So I would, rather than doing a daily rhythm, I'd actually rather pull it out to a month because we're different every single day. So we have a different hormonal concentration. So for example, in like your first week, like when you have your period, we usually, other than the first day or two, like most women will feel kind of a little sluggish, a little like off the first day that they get their period. That week is a really great week for thinking about and solving problems. So a lot of times, you know, a guy will say, oh, I have to think about it. I have to run the numbers or whatever. For women, we have to bleed on it. Like we have to sort of sit. This is a really creative time for us. So giving yourself a week or so during that bleed week to be able to come up with solutions for problems that you've been mulling over. And this will tie in nicely when we get to the week right before your period. And any men or women that are listening to this, if you've ever had any PMS type of symptoms where like, your boyfriend's driving you crazy, your boss is driving you crazy. If you have kids, they're driving you nuts. You hate everybody. That is actually a very powerful, useful time in your cycle. And this is what we call a negativity bias. So everything sucks, but this is your body's way of asking you to pay attention to the things in your life that are not working so that when you're bleeding next week, when you're on your period, that you can begin to come up with some of these solutions for the next cycle on how you're going to ameliorate them, how you're going to solve them. Interesting. Yeah. So I would categorize it and we can go week by week if you want, but like bleed week, it's problem solving. Week two, like when you're done your period, we all feel like Wonder Woman, right? We have like that big ovary energy. Like we want to talk to everybody. That's when our testosterone actually peaks. So for men that are listening, usually this is when if you are dating someone, if she has normal testosterone levels, she's going to be probably chasing you around the dining table, around the kitchen, right? Like her interest in sex is going to be really, really amplified here. So really great time for, I mean, well, if you want, if you're trying to have children, this is a time where you may want to play with other things other than penetrative sex. But if you want children, then it's like, have at it, right? But this is when you're connecting, right? This is when you're talking to other people, making connections with whether it's in the, you know, the corporate or in the professional sense, or it's with your partner, right? Like that oxytocin and that bonding is going to be really, really high. And then as we move into the weeks, like after ovulation, after we release the egg in that third week, we have a sustained release of estrogen. So this will help our serotonin synthesis. Serotonin is our happy hormone. It's like our GSD hormone, right? It helps us like finish everything up, like all the connections, all the projects, all the problems that we solved in the first two weeks, these last two weeks of the cycle, because we have that sustained secretion of estrogen, this is when we can finish off the projects. We can feel connected to people. We can feel happy, make connections with ourselves and with others. Wonderful. Like Even though this was selfishly a question for me, I think that there was a lot of information there that was helpful for men, just for them to realize how different we actually are week to week. And it's not a negative that we're different. It's just that we're different. We're in the mood for different things at different times. And this is controlled by our hormones and the way that things are happening inside of our body. They're beyond our control. So I I think that that's really helpful for a lot of guys. For for the guys that are listening, because most of them are single men, how do you think knowing these things can help their dating lives? Can it just give them calmness and understanding so that they can calm down if a woman shifts? 
throughout first few months of dating? Like, how is this information helpful to them? How can they use this? Oh, such a good question. I think in in a lot of ways. First, I think when you understand what's happening, I think that when we are ignorant to the changes, like if a woman is in that sort of negativity bias, she's a couple days out of her period and she's like, I hate everything. I hate everyone. It's instead of being like, oh, frick, here's the PMS. Here it is. Here it is again, right? If you understand what's happening, you can be a supportive partner to that person. You can be an ear. You can be someone to bounce ideas off of. You can be someone who can create a safe space and a bubble for her to help her come to some of these realizations. I think that just having any understanding of female physiology generally is not taught, right? I mean, you get the awkward class in high school where everyone has like the banana. No, we're wasting have- on a banana and a condom. Yeah. <laughs> it should be telling you all of these things. It's ridiculous. Right. It's so true. Yes. We're never really taught about our fertility. As women, we're taught to fear our fertility. We're never taught about how our fertility works. And I think that's true for men as well. Men don't understand female fertile cycles. And I think that the more that you can understand the ebbs and flows of the woman that you're with, the better you can support her and the better your relationship and your connection is. And one of the things that I really feel very strongly about is we're all animals, you know what I'm saying? And for women, we want to feel safe and we want to feel protected. If we feel protected and safe that my guy understands me, he's not going to just be like, oh, frick, this woman and her PMS, you know? If he creates that safe space for her, their sex life is going to improve, their relationship is going to improve, and she's going to chase sex like the animal that she is. Because if there's one time where you have bonding, you have trust, you have intimacy, it's when, as a woman, when you're naked and someone is entering you, right? So I think that if you create that safe space for the woman to truly be herself, and that comes from your own empowerment, your own understanding of her cycles, then you're going to get what you want, right? And she's going to get what she wants. I think there's also a benefit for men to understand their own, is it physiology? Physiology. I don't know why I said the Biology is great. Yeah. Yeah. Their own biology, but also to relay that information to women. So for me, when I first started dating my husband, I wanted to have sex at night all the time. And I remember after our first five months of dating, he rolled over and he said to me, I can't do this anymore. I can't have sex at night. I'm too drained and too exhausted and didn't give much more information than that. And I immediately felt rejected for a very long time. I found that very harsh because I didn't fully understand that. And there wasn't more communication to be had. We did have that later on. And when I grew up and got more into the work that I do now so that we could have a deeper communication about it, but that made me feel quite unsafe for a long time sexually. And I would start to, I didn't withhold sex, but I started to withhold during sex where it was a little bit more tense for me. So even men communicating to women that I want to have sex in the, so he didn't not want to have sex with me. He didn't want to have sex with me at night. He only wanted to have sex in the morning, which I would still do. I think even that communication of, you know what, I've learned that this is how men work. Like my testosterone is the highest. Like I think that's helpful information to even pass on to a woman. So there's more scientific context to the reasoning why something is happening. And so you wouldn't feel rejected. Like if you knew, hey, you know what? His T, his testosterone levels are the highest in the morning. No wonder he wants to have sex at dawn or whatever it is. Then that feels like, okay, that's not a rejection of me. That's just his own rhythm. Yeah. And I kept thinking, we're having such a fun time. We're connecting and talking, which is interesting because you said that's when it's at their peak later Mm -hmm. in the evening. For me, when I connect and talk, I want to finish it off with having sex and being into it. And somebody, for him, he was drained and wiped out. But 
had I known that information either from him or from my own knowledge, I would have internalized that very, very differently. So I think for guys who are listening, it's helpful for you to know this stuff and then communicate it to the women that you're dating and even communicate exactly what Dr. Stephanie has been explaining about women. Like, I know that this week you're going to be more chatty. So let's have a really good conversation. Sit down, let's grab a bottle of wine and have a great conversation. Totally. So I think you're totally right. The other thing that I am aware of now is that for guys who are listening, who do work in an office with lots of women, this is very helpful information to know, especially if you are a boss who works with lots of women, because you can also help make everybody more efficient in the office by having this information. I would agree with that 100%. And I would say as well that if you are a boss, whether you're male or female, and you have female employees, you should be thinking about how your interaction with them might be nuanced and different compared to your male employees. What we know about women in general, irrespective of their cycle, is that we actually need when we look at our brain, we have less serotonin receptors than our male counterparts do. So we need twice as much encouragement in order or twice as much external positive reinforcement. That's how we get serotonin is from the outside. Dopamine is like an internal job. Serotonin is like an outside job. So as a boss, if you have a female employee you need to give her more encouragement along the way towards completion versus a guy, you might say, listen, we have X, Y, and Z, like just get after it, come back to me when it's done. They'll go and they'll do it. And this was a pattern that I noticed when I was in practice, we would have, you know, someone would come in for whatever reason, male or female. And I would say to my male patients, okay, you need to do this rehab exercise. This is what you need to change in your diet. This is how we need to change your movement patterns. Like just, and we'll see you again in a month, right? And we would see them again in a month. And it's like, tick, 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 tick. They had done everything. Whereas women, when I just said, okay, these are the things, go and do them. The prognosis was much worse. Like I needed to follow up. Yes. I needed to hold their hand almost like, how's that going? How are you feeling about it? What are some of the challenges that are coming up? So women need more encouragement along the way than our male counterparts do. Guys have much more dopamine. They're much more, we'll say... Independently motivated. Yeah, they're more independently motivated. Women are much more communal and we need to have more interaction with other people in order to get a task or a multiple tasks done. I mean, even knowing that honestly would help so many women because of their confidence levels, just to know that they need that support there. Like again, internally, hormonally. I want to take a quick break and come back with Dr. Stephanie. And then I do want to tackle a couple of things. I want to tackle women who are past menopause or going through menopause because a lot of guys who listen to this show and a lot of guys that work with me are in that age group where they are going to be dating and in relationships with women in those stages. And I also want to talk to Dr. Stephanie about herself and men Mm -hmm. and hear some of that or even yourself and women. I don't know, but I would love to talk about that when we come back. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. 
You just apply the formula and see results instantly, and it's that powerful. To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty, and you'll find out all about it. Having someone on call in your pocket, ready to talk to you about problems that you need help with, whether they're emotional problems or relationship problems, is actually something that's possible. If you guys have ever heard of BetterHelp, you may know this already, but BetterHelp, our sponsor, is such an incredible resource for people who need therapy now or tomorrow or from their phone or whenever. Go to betterhelp.com slash askwomen to get matched with a licensed therapist that's best suited to talk with you. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, affordable. You can check out their testimonials posted daily on their website. So start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash askwomen. All right, we are back with Dr. Stephanie Estima. And thank you so much for everything that you shared in the first half of the show. This is very enlightening for me. Again, I don't think we've ever dove fully into how hormones affect both men and women. So this is, I love this show so far. But let's talk about women who are in perimenopausal or premenopausal and peri or pre, that's those are right. both. And postmenopause or in menopause and then postmenopause as well. And how that may affect them and their moods and their cycles and the way that they interact and deal with men. I don't want to say that in a rude way, but like how they are. Yeah, this is the crux of my work. And I talk a lot about this in my book, The Betty Body. So first of all, perimenopause is the way that I define peri or pre-menopause, so you're still cycling, you're still getting your period. It should still be an early stage of peri. You should still be getting your period. You still should be ovulating and bleeding about once a month. Perimenopause starts at about the age 35. So a lot of people are like, what? That's crazy. But what we start to see <laughs> mid to late 30s is we start to see progesterone, which is, if you sort of break down the word, pro-gestation, pro-pregnancy. It's our pro-pregnancy hormone. It starts to decline year over year, a little bit by little bit. So that by the time we're sort of early 40s, mid 40s, now when we think about the hormonal dance, if you will, in the second half of our cycle, progesterone can be lower than our estrogen. So if you remember, I was talking about we have this sustained peak of estrogen in that second half of the cycle. This is what's going to help with serotonin synthesis and all of that. But when your progesterone levels are not high, your progesterone levels should be higher than estrogen. But if it's declining year over year, what we can see is something called estrogen dominance. So for women in early stage perimenopause, we might see... So if we don't have enough of that progesterone, progesterone does a lot of things. It calms our brain down. So if we are low in P, low in progesterone, we might find that our anxiety might be more amplified. Depressive-like symptoms are more amplified painful, tender breasts, right? Like the week of, or even two weeks out of the period, bloating and water retention and like rings are not fitting the way that they should. Like it's all sort of the symptoms of PMS, but they're really, really amplified. As you move through 
perimenopause. So now you're sort of late 40s, early 50s. Now we start to see, now that progesterone is low, we will also see estrogen come down as well. So with estrogen low and testosterone low, now we start to see a different series of complaints where the woman might say, listen, like sex is really painful. Like the lubrication that I used to have, like when I'm getting excited and I'm getting wet, like that's not happening anymore. I need a much longer runway to it. Even during penetrative sex, it can be very painful. And in the very extreme, anorgasmia or the inability to climax. So what we want to be thinking about in there's sort of two different approaches for these types of women in early perimenopause. We want to be thinking about building out lean muscle mass. We want to be thinking about lowering generally as we age, we become something called insulin resistant. So you may have heard that term as it relates to diabetes, like the type two diabetic is an insulin resistant individual. So they need the treatment. I don't think that they need insulin, but that's a separate conversation. They will usually take insulin in order to help with those symptoms. So for a woman in early perimenopause, lowering her carbohydrates, increasing her lean muscle mass through resistance training and lifting weights is going to be really important. And that becomes even more important as she ages, as she gets closer to that menopausal time. How does that affect for men? Like, I think this is wonderful information, but how does that affect the men that are dating these women? So knowing that sex is going to be more painful. Well, foreplay has to be much more creative and maybe longer. And even irrespective of perimenopause, one of the things that I've often had women say to me is that foreplay for women happens all day. It's not just like when it's time, right? It's not like, hey, we're going to have sex. Like, Kristen said, is it starts with emptying out the dishwasher. It's totally true. Yeah, it's like you do the dishes for me or you make sure that I'm fed. You think, hey, I'll just order her food in case she's hungry. Like this type of, and you know, you can do your love languages and stuff, but I think that foreplay for women is kind of an all-day job. So you want to be thinking about ways that you can consider her through the day. And then I would amplify that when she's in her 40s because what happens women are generally a moving target, right? Like we're month to month now because our cycles are becoming more irregular in perimenopause, it can be difficult to sort of pin down. So really as a man, if you're listening to this, you're like, how can I support my woman? Or I'm dating a woman, like how am I supposed to deal with that? I think that really engaging together in some of these healthy practices, like the weight training together, you know, maybe you do a keto or like a lower carbohydrate diet, you try that together. figure out your calories because they're going to be different for men and women. That's interesting. What are some questions that men can ask so that they know what stage the woman is in, especially when it fluctuates? So like once you you get it down, you're like, I know this every single month, this happens. I have it in my calendar. What are questions to ask when you're unsure of what stage she's in? Do you like chocolate at the moment? Right. Are you needing <laughs> right. chocolate or conversation? Right, that's good. Yeah, that's a good one. I think... In order to answer that, I think that the woman really needs to know where she is. And this is sort of one of the big problems that we're seeing is that women are completely unaware that these things are happening. They just feel like shit. Like they feel like they're completely bagged. They have no idea why. They can't think straight. So I think that one of the big pieces that are missing in women's health is actually empowering the woman to understand that this is what is happening is part of kind of part of the deal of being a woman. And once she can get some of this information, then maybe she can relay it to her partner because that's another thing, right? Like guys are not mind readers. Like they can't be like, right. But they can be good questioners. That's the benefit. They can ask really good questions. So even yeah. like what Kristen said before, and Dr. Stephanie agreed with this saying to ask based on the different weeks that 
we explained in the first half of the show, asking a question that leans towards a certain week that you may think that she's in. Just, are you feeling more frisky this week? Do you want to just sit on the couch and like have a really good conversation and watch a romantic movie? That can sort of guide you as to where she's at. And that understanding of her is what's going to make her feel more safe and more protected and more comfortable around you, which in turn will make her more sexual with you. At least that's how I'm understanding it. I would agree. I would also say, you know, pick up her phone and look in her app because if she's looking her cycle tracking app, because that'll give you exactly where she is. Then if you know right. where she is, then you can sort of predict that as well. My husband has it in his calendar. And then every single month, he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's in your calendar. I thought you have <laughs> been tracking me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I totally forgot. But I think that's a, a great thing to do as well. So that as a man, you're not as put off by the behavior or shocked because... Or in the dark, like why is this happening? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That feels like you're more of a team. It it can take away some sexiness sometime, but I think the togetherness and the connection that you'll have in place of that is much more beneficial, which will lead to more sexiness. I had a coach once say to me, you know, process isn't sexy, but you end up having, in a marriage he was referring to, but you end up having a lot more sex, right? So even if it's like scheduled, even though it's like, I want my sex to be spontaneous, but if you have something to look forward to, like, you know, that Friday night is like the time, right? Like you'll get so excited looking forward to that time during the week. Yeah. I agree. As somebody who has had schedule sex recently, mm-hmm. I completely agree with that. <laughs> Dr. Stephanie, this was amazing. Really great information. I know that I wanted to get more into you and your dating, but to be honest, I think that the information that you shared, we don't need to have that. We have women on the show talking about their own thoughts about dating and relationships. Yeah, so I think we should end it here, but that was fantastic. Do you want to tell people how they can either get a copy of your book for a woman that they know or how to get in touch with you? Thank you. Yes, that'd be wonderful. So the book is called The Betty Body. Subtitle is A Geeky Goddess's Guide to Intuitive Eating, Balanced Hormones, and Transformative Sex. So you can find that any online retailer, so amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, like all the places. And then you can find me on Instagram, Dr. First Name, Last Name, Dr. Stephanie Estima. I also have a podcast, a weekly podcast called Better with Dr. Stephanie. So we talk about all things that are related to women's health, including sex, better parenting, better bodies, better mind, nutrition, all the things that clean beauty. Yeah. So that you can check me out and anywhere that you're listening to this podcast, I will be there as well. Wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you. And Kristen, do you want to tell people where they can get in contact with you? Kristen did an amazing masterclass for us last night. We are doing these monthly masterclasses. And she gave a two-hour presentation on banter. That is her area of expertise. And it was masterful. It was so good. I was so impressed with you and just really proud that, not that you can do that, but like that when we first started this podcast, you would scowl or become totally grossed out by talking about (laughs) these topics that we talk about on our show. And now you're an expert in your own right, which is amazing. Well, that's what happens when you need money. You do what you got to do. Right. You learn how to yeah. be a professional and not just a, a couch hanger out around her. Exactly. Yes. So if you guys need help with your banter, hit me up at kristenandchill.com. And eventually it's going to be transferred over to just thebantercoach.com. But for now, it's still kristenandchill.com. Perfect. Hopefully there will always be a redirect so that anytime you've ever mentioned that website in the past, Yes, because I'm great with technology. Of course, I'm just helping you out. Yeah. Anyway, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please just 
subscribe to our show. Don't waste your time downloading individual episodes. You could be spending that time doing wonderful things for yourself, either going on wonderful dates with women or talking online to women or just doing more self-help for yourself. So again, subscribe to the show and share it with others who you think will benefit from the information that we have shared. You guys are awesome. We will see you next week. 